hundreds of thousands of its popular doorbell cams, the potential fire risk, what to do if you have one. The holiday shipping wars, the deadlines to get your gifts on time. And those who serve, the hero honored at the new National Army Museum, and your first look inside. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. A lot has stolen our attention this past week, a days-long election and all that has followed. But whether we've been looking or not, the COVID pandemic is overtaking us in levels, frankly, not seen since the start of this nightmare. The prediction that the nation would see another spike in hospitalizations and deaths is now evident inside ICUs and county morgues. Tonight, more legions moving to restrict gatherings, just as more Americans head indoors. Our Miguel Almaguer begins coverage. After our nation added a staggering 1 million infections in the first 10 days of November alone, by Christmas, 20 million Americans could contract COVID. Medical centers, testing sites, and morgues are already at a breaking point. Our hospitals are under enormous pressure now. With roughly 62,000 Americans hospitalized today, a record, it seems every day, another state is declaring an emergency. People need to hold off. This is not the time we want to see surges like this, not when we're so close to actually turning the corner on the virus. Amid a flurry of new infections, New York now joins several states ordering new restrictions, closing restaurants, bars, gyms, and private parties by 10 p.m. In Texas, El Paso has more people hospitalized with COVID than most states do. Massachusetts now preparing for field hospitals. Here in California, with its some 1 million infections, residents in Los Angeles were sent an emergency alert on their cell phones, urging they be tested for the virus. More testing could save lives, but for many families, it's too late. Really going to be a, a huge hole in our family. Sue Hodges says shortly after her parents became infected and her father passed away, her mother told her this days before she, too, lost her life. She kept saying, um, you know, like, you can't lose both parents, but I have to get better. It is not going to be easy to get through. After 64 years of marriage, one family now has two empty seats at the dinner table, joining a nation grieving over far too many lost. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. This is Dave Gutierrez in Minneapolis with his COVID ICU busier than ever. What most worries you over the next couple months? Having enough beds for all the patients comes around in September. Among those patients, 36-year-old Kelly Meeker, hospitalized a month and a half, now in recovery and out of isolation. She was in a ventilator less than a week ago. I was just feeling miserable. I knew something was wrong. I knew I had COVID from the very first day that I had symptoms. But I just kept getting worse.
closed to capturing what Nurse Katie O'Neill receives every shift. I don't really think of numbers, I just think of my patients. Abbott Northwestern Hospital granted us rare access to show the pandemic's deadly impact. This hospital has 30 COVID ICU beds, and right now about three-fourths of them are full. As we head into the winter, the concern here is not just space, but staffing. For Kelly Meeker, each day brings small victories. Today she walked for the first time since her coma. What would you say to people who are skeptical that COVID is really that serious? I say wear your mask because I almost died from it. It's, it's more serious than people think. And today, Minnesota reported a record number of COVID deaths. Let's not ignore that young woman's words. Thank you very much. And as this country deals with the deepening COVID crisis, promising news could be on the horizon. Moderna, a vaccine frontrunner, says it will have its first results soon. Meantime, health experts are struggling with how to quickly distribute an approved treatment that can prevent mild cases from getting worse. Tom Costello now on who will get the treatment and when. Receiving emergency FDA approval, Eli Lilly's new IV antibody treatment is similar to what President Trump received last month, meant for patients in the first 10 days of mild symptoms to keep them from getting worse and ending up in a hospital. The treatment is free, but must be delivered in a clinical setting, not over-the-counter. So a nurse or a doctor will need to give the um, patient this via IV. It's a relatively short infusion, but then patients will need to be monitored for about an hour after the infusion. Lily says they're shipping 88,000 doses now, another 800,000 in December. But that may not be enough with more than 100,000 new COVID cases each day from big cities to rural America. We didn't invest early on in manufacturing, so we're not going to have enough doses for all the people who could benefit from these medicines. The FDA now looking at using nursing homes, outpatient clinics, and pop-up facilities to administer the drug. But because it's for patients with multiple risk factors, only a smaller pool of patients would need it. This is not for every COVID patient. This is for a certain type of COVID patient, and for that patient, it could be incredibly useful. Michelle Herrera believes the antibody treatment stopped COVID cold. I think it kept me out of the hospital. Um, it really turned things around quickly for me. The challenge, getting a life-saving drug to everyone who needs it. Tom Costello, NBC News, Washington. As the pandemic worsens, the White House remains focused on the election tonight, winning a hand recount in Georgia as it pushes other legal challenges that will likely have little bearing on the results. Hallie Jackson has the latest. The election is over, but the counting is not tonight, with every ballot in Battleground Georgia set to be recounted by hand. This will help build confidence. Typically, recounts only change a race's margin by a few hundred votes or so, so it's very unlikely President Trump could overtake President-elect Biden's 14,000 vote lead in Georgia. But the Trump campaign today calls the recount a first step toward winning their legal fight, despite no evidence of widespread voter fraud. A different state has now been called in the president's favor. NBC News has projected President Trump as the winner of the state of Alaska. Alaska going red, not unexpected. What may be more surprising? Ivanka Trump on Twitter touting those results based on media projections relying on state data. Exactly the same projections that show Joe Biden winning the presidency, a result her father so far refuses to accept. Now, NBC News has learned President Trump's advisors believe he will never concede, according to multiple people familiar with his thinking, with one predicting the president may eventually acknowledge the results, but 
he made his first public appearance in nearly a week to honor the fallen at Arlington National Cemetery. Sources say he also met with aides about the post-election path forward. And while he may not be ready to move on yet, the rest of the world already has. Even the UK Prime Minister, a close ally, referring to him as the previous president today. John has uh, and has a good relationship with the previous president. I, I, say I do not resolve uh, from that. This is the duty of all British Prime Ministers to have a good relationship uh, with the White House. And tonight, we're learning few more people who attended that East Room election night party here last week have tested positive for the coronavirus, according to sources familiar with the diagnosis. Lester? Allie Jackson at the White House tonight, thanks. And now in the twilight of his presidency, President Trump is reshuffling his national security team. And tonight, current and former U.S. military and intelligence officials are telling our Richard Angle it's dangerous and could help America's adversaries. Here's Richard's report. Days before he was pushed out as Defense Secretary, Mark Esper told the Military Times he expected to be replaced by a real yes-man. And then, God help him, Monday, President Trump upped four loyalists to key Pentagon positions. The move gives President Trump, still Commander-in-Chief, more freedom to act, especially overseas. Esper opposed pulling all U.S. troops from Afghanistan and Syria. Both may now be on the cards. I think there are two prongs to this action. One is simple vengeance, and the other is opening operational flexibility for international operations that he feels could benefit him politically. It's not just the Pentagon. Former intelligence officials tell NBC News CIA Director Gina Haspel may be the next to go. Haspel has resisted releasing classified documents, as former CIA officials tell NBC. They worry President Trump and his allies may cherry-pick intelligence, pushing false claims Democrats lied about the Russia investigation and are cheating now. Presidential transitions are an especially dangerous time when the U.S. is always vulnerable. In the aftermath of the September 11th attacks, the 9-11 Commission report said the chaos of the 2000 transition caused delays to be avoided in the future. But this transition could be even riskier. Lester. All right, Richard, thanks very much. Let's turn now to Joe Biden and his transition. The president, like preparing to name key members of his cabinet, could top progressives like Bernie Sanders get the nod. What about any Republicans? NBC's Kristen Welker with late details on the contenders. President-elect Joe Biden marking Veterans Day in Philadelphia. A poignant moment for Biden, whose late son Beau served in Iraq. Biden later huddling with top advisors behind closed doors in Delaware, planning his White House and cabinet. Who might be on the list? Progressives are pushing for two of Biden's former adversaries, former presidential candidate Senator Bernie Sanders, among the names being floated for Labor Secretary. If I had a portfolio that allowed me to stand up and fight for working families, would I do it? Yes, I would. Senator Elizabeth Warren, a possible contender for Treasury, although insiders say she may be a long shot. And while former Obama National Security Advisor Susan Rice is getting buzz as a possible pick for Secretary of State, Democrats worry she's a political lightning rod who would not get confirmed in a likely Republican-led Senate, giving new fuel to Delaware Senator and close Biden friend Chris Coons for that job. And still up in the air, will Biden name a Republican who supported President Trump to his cabinet as a way to reach out to Trump voters?
independent look like America. We've done that. Now let's want the administration to look like and act like. Late tonight, Biden making his first staff announcement, tapping Ron Klain to serve as chief of staff. Klain was his former chief of staff when Biden served as vice president. Kristen Welker, NBC News, Wilmington. All right, Kristen, thank you. Tropical storm Ada is churning once again towards Florida with winds up to 70 miles per hour. Landfall is expected north of Tampa early tomorrow with dangerous storm surge, flooding rain, and damaging winds. In the race for a COVID vaccine, Russia claimed today that the trial of its vaccine shows it's highly effective. But will it ever make it out of Russia? NBC's Keir Simmons has more. Tonight, another promising vaccine announcement. But can it be trusted? Russia naming it Sputnik after the Soviet-era satellite, implying in a promotional video it will save the world. In this laboratory especially, we purify proteins. And tonight, Russian scientists in this lab say interim data shows 92% effectiveness, though that with 16,000 volunteers, less than the 43,000 for America's Pfizer vaccine. We traveled to Moscow, where the lab director told me two doses should give two years immunity, longer than Pfizer, two years. Russia is already vaccinating frontline workers like doctors. It's a big problem. It's a very important problem. Important. Important for people and important for Russia. Well, important for people. But leading scientists worry the preliminary results are being rushed out, not independently reviewed. That's very important that the World Health Organization gives it a stamp of approval uh, before they start exporting it all over the world. Unlike Pfizer's version, Russia's vaccine may not need to be kept frozen, aiding distribution. It is unlikely ever to be approved in the U.S. Lester? All right, Kira, thank you. In just 60 seconds, the warning about one of the most popular doorbell cams, why hundreds of thousands are a potential fire hazard. And the surprising news about the so-called murder hornet next. Doorbell cameras, the company warning of a potential fire risk. Here's Vicki Wynn with more on what to do if you have one. Ring sounding the alarm tonight about a risk associated with the second-gen doorbell cameras. If you don't use the right screens to install them, they may pose a fire hazard. In a recall notice, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission says Ring received 85 reports related to incorrect screws used for installation, resulting in 23 fires with minor damage and 8 reports of minor burns. More than 350,000 devices have been sold in North America. Ring says in a statement, if the doorbell is installed correctly, there is no risk to consumers or potential hazards. At issue, these two sets of screws that come with the cameras. Ring's instructions warn, if you use the wrong screws to secure the video doorbell, you could damage the battery, create a fire hazard, and be seriously injured. The recall applies to this Ring video doorbell model and only certain serial numbers, which can be checked on the Ring website. If you haven't yet installed your device, contact Ring for updated instructions or download them from the company website. If your doorbell cam is installed correctly, Ring says don't touch it. It's safe to use. Lester? All right, Vicki Wynn, thank you. Up next, how to get those holiday gifts shipped on time amid the pandemic.